Hello to all of our listeners, our phenomenal listeners, and welcome to another edition, another episode, another moment in history on the podcast known as Debates Never Die, DND. I am your host for this episode, Malcolm, aka Sheiks. Feeling good, feeling great, feeling grateful. Praise, praises be to the Most High. I am joined by two men that consider themselves pretty pragmatic. Some would consider them insane, but they consider themselves to be very well-thought-out individuals. I'm on the fence. First up, we have Kanye Mosetli, LLM, and joined, joining him is, or joining us rather, is Tabani Mlalazi. Kanye, Kanye, start us off. How are you feeling, boy? It's taken me a long time to get to this point. At first, I was, I was heartbroken. I was crestfallen, mate. The, the, the dagger that Firmino delivered yesterday... <laughs> Man, I took I took off my Arsenal top. I changed clothes. I I, 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 I wasn't grand. Bear in mind, I was hosting Oaks as well. It, it, that was that wasn't easy. That wasn't easy for me to do, to get through, to be who I am today. But I'm okay. I'm okay. It's it's still in our hands. We can make this happen. I'm stable. I'm steady. And I'm oh, fuck, well. fuck, dude. I, you've just brought back so many memories as a child of just removing my Arsenal shit, man. Fuck. Yeah. Nah, it's, not, it's not easy, brother. It's not easy what happened to us yesterday. But, that, but I'm okay. I'm healthy, that, brother. That's what No, no, I hear you. But that, that there's yeah. top pain. That is hilarious. Uh, I echo your sentiments, but we're obviously going to go straight into that. That's the biggest topic that we have to discuss. Uh, we'll also have Tabani with us. How are you doing, fam? Uh, what, what's happening on your ends? What's good? Um, thank you for introducing me as level-headed. I like it when other people do it, so I don't have to uh, push my own agenda. It's been an um, interesting couple of weeks on my end of the world, uh, my side of things. Um, but I think I can say that I'm content with where my club is again. I think we needed those two wins that we recorded last week um, mm. so we can look up the table instead of down. Um, enjoying, enjoying what is, what is becoming a, a compelling title race. Like I said in the group to Yorks, it doesn't. It does me no good for anyone to win the league at this stage. Like I need yeah. the last two, three games uh, just to make it interesting. And I think I was looking at my team's fixtures uh, coming up. I think we should be able to secure top four by the end of this month with a few positive results, and then I can kind of put my feet up and uh, look towards other competitions. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good again. Now, honestly, dude, uh, two things. First of all, you, you, you pointed out how cardinal these past two wins for Man United have been, and they actually have been, because somehow Spurs lied to that W against, you know, uh, Brighton this, this weekend. Uh, so, you know, and Newcastle, I'm, I'm not exactly, don't, I don't have the results off the dome now. But yeah, in the long run, those are actually very, very important uh, uh, wins. Also, you said you, you shed, shed lights on the group chat about how you feel, you know, how you would prefer it for it to go to the death. And whilst I hate you for that, I, you've actually helped me accept reality. The only way I see us winning this league is if it's a last day or last two days thing. I don't think it's going to be a thing of it wrapped up, you know, end of April, nah. So I, you've actually forced me to embrace the grind. Dude. So I'm actually grateful to you for that. Happy to help. <laughs> but now, on to the, the meat and potatoes. Arsenal versus Liverpool. So many talking points. It, compelling, phenomenal game of football. I was on the edge of my seat. You know, you guys know when I'm in the US, I'm behind a bit. So I had to just mute the group chat because I was tired of seeing names written in caps with no context. It was hell. Um, 
let me start off with 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 with, with Kanye. Uh, obviously, as the fellow gunner here, bro. For you, obviously, you said you recovered and you look at the the. I, assuming that means you're looking at the game from a whole different perspective now. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the biggest takeaway for you from this match moving forward as it pertains to Arsenal's championship pedigree? Granit Xhaka, love him. <laughs> I have so much time <laughs> for the journey he's gone on, the fact that he's, re- he's redeemed himself, become a pivotal part of this Arteta side. Really, I do. But that is the easiest position to upgrade upon in this team. And I hope that regardless of what happens this season, that the first thing Arsenal do is sign a new midfielder. Um, at times, like when we lost control of that game, the guy who's meant to be the big enforcer who can also pass and spread has the ability. That's not what Jaka actually is. He's essentially a behemoth that operates almost best in the final third, making late runs. I don't think he makes sense long term. Um, I'm not going to say he sparked the comeback because it's unfair to put it down to that one particular moment. Mm. But it, 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 he pissed me off. He pissed me off. And separately, I, I think what, what has stuck with me, rather, <coughs> is the fact that um, Arteta needs to make better use of, um, of his subs when he's, trying to, when he's trying to save a game mm. or like, like, like hold on to a result, rather. I think he's good at changing games. But when he's trying to just, like, kill the tempo of a game, kill it down to his momentum, I think we lacked there. I think, obviously, it's unfair because Saliba was out. And in a different world, you bring on Holding and not Kiwo, who looks mm. like he, he looked drunk yesterday. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you like, near the halfway line. It's like, as a centre-back, I don't know if you ever need to step up that high. To but, make bro, that kind of that I've, he looked, he was I feel sorry. I hear it, and he, and he uh, knew uh, he got to the league. 21. I hear so like I hear it, I hear it, but you're playing for Arsenal. Like I, 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 I judge you by the club that you are playing at. I can only judge you like in that game. You stick out like a sore thumb. Like, it, like I, I looked. I said, no, man. Are you meant to be here, brother? And it's from Spezia. It, it, it was just a lot to take out at once. Like immediately, I just like I saw the weaknesses in our squad laid bare in that game. Okay, to be fair, right? So, so I, I share your, I, I share your sentiments, right? I, I can echo the same sentiments before I take this to Tabani, but I must kind of deviate blame there and um, emphasize more the Arteta component in, in in your analysis because he has a track record of doing this, dude. I remember if it was, um, it was Reese Nelson. I forget which away game this man decides to bring him on. I think it was Newcastle. If I'm not mistaken, he decides to start Reese in his first like proper, proper game. He had some great cameos. He says, we're going to put you on at Newcastle away. And I'm like, sir, how on earth is anyone supposed to flourish in those in that environment? Same same goes for how we utilized Pepe. How when Pepe had, you know, I feel for me, the turning point in his Arsenal career was that game where him and Lacazette literally won, won, won it for us against Wolves. And what followed was minutes off the bench in away games against top opposition. And I hear you, you play for Arsenal, but I also think a manager needs to... A manager's give, job give, is give your players the best chance, kind of. To, that, that's a manager's job, bro. Give give your players the best chance to win, dude. So I look at that game and I understand his his decisions tactically. I think we've all made those decisions in FIFA. I know I have when I'm playing Toby. You go five at the back. It makes sense. You're two no up. Anfield is terrifying. But I just feel the way to approach it was to refine our 
our, our, our what, what we had defensively as opposed to shifting to a defensive, you know, tactic. So instead of saying, uh, Kivio on, you know, for, for Odegaard, why not say Zinchenko or for Tierney, who's you've refined defense in that sense? You then bring on Jorginho for Odegaard, you've re- refined defense again in that sense, and then Trossard on for maybe Saka, who got a bit tired at the latter stages. But um, I, I think you're, I think you're, again, I don't disagree with your analysis. I think you're right. I would just emphasize Arteta more than the 23-year-old. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I said 21. The 23-year-old in Kivio. That's a horrible game to have your debut in, bro. No, no. look, you're not wrong. Um, it wasn't his debut, but, but still, it, like, he, he doesn't play often enough for him to be in that kind of game. And yeah. you're right. I, I, I'd want to critique Arteta more because I think, like, making the sub when he brings Tierney on after we concede... It's like, brother, you're a joker. You you mm. you know you know you fucked up then in not like that you couldn't have, have admitted more plainly in that moment. If you're going pragmatic, it made more sense to have Tierney because he also operates potential as an outlet. But let's not go too deep into the, the tactical element of it. I didn't critique Ateta as much because my thinking is I spent a lot of time before things were all rose he saying he was Manuel's. So I've I've tried to be fair and you know, empathetic to where he is a lot more than I had been in the past. Okay, no, that, that is fair. That is fair. He, he definitely has earned that, that grace. Tabani, I want to take this to you. As a, as, a, as a Man United fan, you know more than anyone else what Anfield is because you guys experience that stadium at its, at its highest, at its peak. If you could think back, all the way back to your glory days uh, with, with United, how cardinal do you think the Anfield, the Anfield test is when it comes to a, a Premier League champion? Do you feel Arsenal failed it? Do you feel they passed it? And does, it, does a Premier League champion have to pass the Anfield test in flying colours, in your opinion? So, okay, I have to be as neutral... Oh, no, as le- I'm, I'm going to be cautious with my response because, I mean, my team lost 7-0 there not too long ago. Um, also, with the, with the context of if we can go to Anfield and get a result there... It'll springboard us into, you know, a very positive end to the season. And we've got one aberrational half of football, literally 45 minutes. That 7-0 result was the result of 45 minutes, not even a whole game. It doesn't reflect mm. the whole game. And mm. we left there questioning our season, questioning our manager, questioning the mentality of the squad. Off one <laughs> result, off one half of football. So it just shows to you how intense that atmosphere is. I mean, we've... And I, I was actually thinking about this because... Um, not to sound like Gary Neville, but, you know, Anfield is, if you can go away and win an Anfield, you probably are good enough to win the league. And I was thinking of, like, if there's one stadium that has always been a litmus test for Premier League title challenges, UCL matches, it is Anfield. Like, there's a big game at Anfield. Um, if you can win at Anfield, you're probably the real deal. And if you can't, it means you probably can't deal with the heat. So I think I would like to commend Arsenal for, I didn't think they'd go 2-0 up. I didn't think that they would go to the lap. I saw the Liverpool lineup and thought Arsenal would win. I did expect the victory because I know that if they were going to win, they were going to out-football Liverpool. They weren't going to like beat them through you know, passion, grit and determination. They were going to tactically outplay them. So I expected an Arsenal win. And to the lap in 28 minutes, I was like, geez, this could be, again, three or four here if Arsenal put their foot on these guys' necks. So I think, I think the, the approach... And the way, the, the lack of fear was like, I can commend Arsenal on that. Mm. I do have to, unfortunately, and it, make, it pains to say this, I do have to dap Liverpool for the way that they stayed in the game. Because 
going 2-0 down goes it's kind of that next goal wins kind of mentality. If Arsenal get a third, the ties are precisely. Right? Yeah. Liverpool got one just before half time and it's like, okay, we've got a game on our hands. And they just they were unrelenting. Anfield is an unrelenting place to go. And I think even when you guys talk about the changes Arteta made, I think he was I don't want to accuse him of being caught in the hype, but you don't make your best decisions with that crowd, with that atmosphere, knowing what's on the line. I think he made the decisions of someone who was in the game. And yeah. I think with years of experience, the best in the world kind of remove themselves a bit and then make the changes that we think they should have done. Because they remove, like, I think Arteta is still quite a young, um, and he's very passionate. He's in tune. He's, he's on the touchline. He's in the game. And I think he made those, 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 the kind of changes that suggest that, you know, and, uh, he wants to control everything. Whereas if you just remove yourself a bit, I think you end up making the more level-headed choices. So I think, yeah, what a game of football. Um, did Arsenal, you, if you leave, let's put it this way. Arsenal had a set. We know the set of tricky games that they had coming up. Liverpool, Chelsea, City, Newcastle, right? Those are the tests. To leave Anfield with a point is good. Mm. If you leave City with a point, I'm crowning you champions. I don't care. Because mm. if you go away to those two grounds, of the two teams that for the past five or six years are the most dominant, the most successful, if you can get points at those grounds and win your home games, you have what it takes to be champion. So I will never say that Arsenal failed the test. I think maybe if their heads are down after the game, it should be that they could have converted. A real, a real, a real team of dogs converts that tunnel into a thing. But at the same time, a real team of dogs holds, holds, is, stays in the fight for 90 minutes against, uh, against Anfield, against this Liverpool side. So from a mentality point of view, when last were you this confident ahead of a game before at Anfield? I mean, you hadn't won there for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah. think this could, be, this could be the shift. This could be the game where, you know, this is the game where we really, people start to take Arsenal seriously. So not just being top of the log, but now the, the, the kind of team that will come to your ground and beat you. I think this is a meant or, or it can be like, because uh, people have, I mean, we saw in our own group chat, people are going to start doubting Arsenal. I've seen people saying, you don't want City, uh, City have to win all their games. You don't want that to be in that position. But I don't, think that's, I don't think that's a real thing. So I will say that Arsenal didn't fail the test. Daps to Liverpool for giving us an exciting game. And if I'm leaving, if I'm leaving Anfield at the point, I'm happy with that. And, you know, you actually had such a profound point when you spoke about Arteta managing the game from, uh, like as if he's playing it. Uh, on that, I want to touch on the PTSD he has. I went back and I rewatched that 5-1 drilling they gave us when Sturridge, Sterling and Suarez just enjoyed everyone. That the game he played for us uh, at Arsenal in 2014. And after I think it's I think Skirtle scores, the camera pans onto Arteta and that man looks flabbergasted. And you know, it's there's continuity in that PTSD because if in the in the all or nothing documentary he talks about how the one game in his career where he was not aware of what was happening where it didn't feel like he was playing. It was an out-of-body experience. Was that game against Liverpool? And I think that's Arteta's strength as a manager, his ability to manage as a player. Um, you know, I feel like for a, for, for, for a lot of reasons, Arsenal's success is founded upon this notion of what would I like if I was playing for Arsenal right now? That's mm. kind of how, mm. how Arteta approaches things. And, you know, when he shared that anecdote, this is just a bit of a sidebar. Tabani, if you remember the first time at Balfour when we played Super Sports and they trapped us like 4-1, mm-hmm. I resonated so greatly with what Arteta said when he said, 
I, I, I wasn't physically in that game because that game was the first time I learned how to play midfield. Like, I thought I knew before then, but that game taught me. So, going now back to your point, I look at Mikel and I look at this game and I completely agree with you. He looked at it from the perspective of if I was on that pitch, I would want an extra man in defense right now. So yes, exactly, exactly. Let me bring on Kivio when perhaps, you know, the model was working, let's supplement what we already have. So your point on experience, I think, being the differentiating factor because Pep Guardiola is another manager who's of that ilk. That's a great fucking point. That's actually my favorite point of this episode, I can tell right now. So big daps to you um, for, for, for bringing that up. That is incredible analysis. Kanya, I want to I just quickly switch to you. And I want to get your insights on, we already touched on it, but the, there were limitations, obviously, in how we played because holding is there, as it pertains to patterns, as it pertains to sustaining possession. Um, it was different. Holding was hoofing the ball a lot. And I think he did a good job for someone who's filling in in that game. But it's, it's, it's unavoidable. In addition to that, Zinchenko's limitations again today, uh, yesterday were uh, emphasized. So I want to know for you, how would you address the situation of the limitations these two players bring moving, moving forward? Especially, and if you could emphasize Zinchenko in your answer, because clearly it's not to the levels of Trent, Trent because Zinchenko is a very willing defender, but clearly there is a limitation to how well he can defend given how much he's on the ball. So if you were a manager... How are you approaching this as Arsenal, you know, enter crunch time? And if you could also then just speak on what you see Arteta doing, uh, given what we know about him as a coach. So um, I think with Zinchenko, um, because because we dominate most games, it isn't particularly relevant that he isn't the greatest 1v1 defender. When there are games where he has to go like up against, you know, a specific kind of wing, you know, in those kinds of games, I think there should just be more like alternatives that we're willing to explore. And it's annoying about how yesterday unfolded because I don't want to point, like put it all down to him, even though in the moment I did, I won't lie. I swore, I swore at that man. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I said some unsavory things, but the reality is Arteta knows that that's an issue. When we, when we played Liverpool at the Emirates, Tommy, I saw the left back. Mm. Tomas happened to be injured for this particular game. I think it sucks that he didn't think to give Tierney that moment in that case. I think there is just a lack of trust he has with Tierney specifically. I think that might be with, with regards to how he is on the ball, which is, which is really unfortunate. But I, I think I think Arteta is aware of that weakness. I think he's, he subs Tierney almost immediately after that happens. It, I think it, it was a moment of an, of an oversight more than anything else. I think that it is something that will be addressed. I think it sucks that we're probably going to sign another fullback um, this cut this coming window, because if if Tierney is as low down as the, on a, down the pecking order as we think he is right now, chances are he isn't going to be the solution in the in the kind of games when we know there'll be a lot more pressure on Sinchenko, they'll face a lot more attention. Because like honestly, what happened yesterday, we switched him up. We know we know what he what he like what he can do. We know what he's best at. The moment you under that kind of pressure, you kind of needed to have taken him out of the spotlight and like made some kind of provision for him. You'd have been better off genuinely playing Xhaka at left back at that moment. Because you know Xhaka at least is going to make a foul in that case as opposed to letting, letting Trent actually deliver the ball. So can, mm. I, can, I, 
so from a, an outsider's perspective, what I'm going to do is kind of dumb down to make a really like dumb comparison. But it is the same. So at Man United, we've also got two right backs who not of not of the same quality or like skill set as uh, Tierney and Zinchenko. But our one Bissaka Dello like situation is the same in terms of the manager clearly prefers one player and believes that the one player has a lot more to offer the entire team mm-hmm. than the other, right? But yeah. you you can see that. So in Arteta's head, I imagine it's like if I play Zinchenko with his deficiencies, I still get more. That like it's a net benefit thing. He knows yeah. that the net benefit of playing Zinchenko is is more than like the net benefit of maybe sacrificing him for more someone who's uh, like a more astute defender or whatever. And then what happens is, and like I don't, I'll never blame Arteta for this, but like what happens is now the spotlight is on Zinchenko because of what happened. And now it's like, he's almost, not that he has to make a decision because a manager that backs himself will start Zinchenko again and play him and keep playing him. But like, had he made the decision to play another defender or tell me was fit and he, he made the change and worked, I don't think that would be necessarily a good thing. I, I know it doesn't, it sounds contradictory because you, you might have won the game, but like, you have to play your best players, the one that you believe in, because you know that it's a net benefit thing. I think I understand the decision-making process. That's all I'm saying. Like, I understand the decision. Like, I understand when Ten Hag starts Dallow over one Bissaka, but eventually, I feel like if Zinchenko does the same thing three, four games in a row, then there's a case. And I think you, you're kind of comforted by the fact that you guys know that won't happen again. Like, Zinchenko, that won't happen again. It just happened to happen on the, on the biggest stage in that moment, in that game. But those are the risks you take because what you get, again, the net benefit is so great. It's, mm. it's worth the risk, you know? And I think I, the Tierney thing, the Tierney thing is like, I, think, I do think he's dead and buried, not because he's not a good player, but just because of the level that Arsenal at wins and Chenko's on the field. And if you sacrifice that level for like a, a one-off, like let's put this guy in for this game, I think it kills both players. I don't see that benefiting both players or the team. So I, I get it. That's all I'm saying. Is I get it. I get it. I think, I think for me, you know, um, it's so fascinating when you really dive deep into the psyche of managers from different countries, right? So, Tawani, what you're touching on, you know, and I agree, and it's very much uh, rooted in the Spanish coach tree and... Um, tradition and that is knowing your best starting 11 and maximizing that starting 11 Mm. Pep Guardiola Mm. is notorious for not substituting players for 90 minutes in games where he's winning 4-1 right when I when I was in Spain it was the same thing if you're not in the coach's plans and you're traveling three hours to go into some mountain my boy you're sitting you we knew that until the you you're in training training with him one one one-on-one we knew whether or not we were just going on a road trip or we were actually participating in the game but this is where i kind of look towards the german model of coaching or even the british model of coaching and it's something that pip had to learn uh at bayern from i'd say second season or so and that's having variance in how you play i think my issue with arteta is you have a player like tierney and you want to play him like zinchenko Mm. When that player, Tierney, is the only reason you still have a job. If you remove Kieran Tierney from Arsenal the last two seasons, Arteta's gone because that boy carried us. And what he brings and what he provides us down the flanks, right, as it pertains to width, as it pertains to his ability to play in the final third, I believe he's a better 
cross of the ball than Zinchenko. He has a better engine than Zinchenko. Obviously, nowhere near as tidy or competent on the ball in tight spaces. But there's so much benefit that he does bring that it leads me to look at Arteta and say, is it not now just a combination issue? Perhaps if you're playing Tierney, pair him with Trossard as opposed to Martinelli. Trossard who wants the ball short so you have an overlapping player. Or Trossard who drifts inside, so it gives Martinelli, I mean, uh, gives Tierney that lane. So again, I, 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 I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. I again look at Mikel and I say, we have the, the, the beauty of coming after someone else who's great is you, have, you can learn from their mistakes. You don't have to make those mistakes. Pep had to learn the hard way. And it's almost now an obsession of his to try and switch things up. It's why he's playing two, three, two, two, one, and then three. You know, it's why he he's excessive in it now because what he clocked from being at the top for so long, in my opinion, is you cannot be the same without change. He sat down with Ferdinand and said the exact same thing. After a while, you have to forcefully switch things up because Barcelona got trapped because he didn't change when he was there. He tried with obviously Seska's a false false nine, but pragmatically that doesn't change much Barcelona played the same way had the same deficiencies whether Cesc was on the pitch or or, 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 or not whether it is Messi at, at false nine or not so when he got to Bayern saw a bit of stagnancy switched it up now I feel he's obsessed with it I think well, Arteta needs to look at that and say yes Tierney can't do what Zinchenko can do but we don't need him to you know I feel like that game was screaming for a Kieran Tierney like it's no like guys that was one of we agree that was one of the most open games of football this season. Mm. So it's not a surprise that Martinelli was the star player, you know, that guy who just head down and run. So I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's question marks over Arteta because as you pointed out, another very good manager in Ten Hag also suffers from the same level of ideological, um, you know, being an ideological martyr. They'll die by their principles. But, you know... I think the difference just, there... The difference there is that you haven't been spanked 4-0, 6-3 and 7-0. So, okay, no, not 7-0. But I think, I think Ten Hag has shown what I think the next step for Arteta is just to prepare for when plan A isn't... You, Arteta, and I, I used to use it... I, no, it's not a criticism. I've said earlier this season that Arsenal are plan A team. That's how they've mm. done so well this season. Plan yeah. A has worked so well for them. The, the football that they want to play from minute one... They get to play that to minute 90 in most games, which when you think about it is actually phenomenal because that doesn't happen for a lot of teams, even top teams. And mm. it's a Premier League thing, like you mentioned about English football, where games change at certain states. Even the best teams will defend from 75 minutes onwards because that's how the league works. But Arsenal yeah. have been playing the football they want from minute one to 90. So plan A has worked and it's got Arsenal to a point this far where they are doing so well. So Arteta is 100% plan A manager. And I do think... Ten Hag was fought. I do think if, if maybe United hadn't had the, se- the start of the season that they had, Ten Hag would be the same. Plan A, plan A, plan A, plan A. But he's realized quite quickly that if you don't have a plan B and you aren't willing to sacrifice, if your players mm. aren't that good, you get spanked four at Brentford. You get six at Man City. You mm. lose games that you shouldn't lose. So for now, Arsenal are fine because they, they don't have a, they're too good to have those results go against them. But when you need a win at Anfield, when you need to go to the Etihad, are you willing to sacrifice plan A knowing that the benefit of that, even though it's not what you want to do? I think, again, that's experience. We're talking about, we're talking about managers. Ten Hag is obviously a bit older than Arteta. Not a bit. He's quite much older than Arteta. But Arteta will get to that point where I guarantee you he's now, he maybe plans to switch to plan B. Because I don't think, like you said, yesterday is an example, but there are other examples 
this season, game, even games you guys have won where Arteta hasn't switched away from, from, from plan A. And I think, remember the United game when um, it was 1-1 it was when he made those subs, when he brought Vieira on, and then we went 3-1 up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that, I think that was... It was 2-1. It was 2-1, yeah. 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 And then he, like, that was Arteta maybe then in his head, like, okay, let's try plan B. And that plan B backfired on him. And he got scrutiny. Mm-hmm. He got scrutiny mm-hmm. the week after. Oh, he made his changes, lost the game. And then he stuck to plan A, and look, Arsenal took off. So I think it's, it, yeah, it's much of fair. a muchness. Like, it, it happens when, when you believe so much in your starting game, when you, when you believe so much in plan A, that you're going to come to points where plan B is staring, staring at you in the face, but you mind it because you're like, no, I, I can't. I can't. Nah, it's, it's a damned if I do, damned if I don't situation. Exactly, much, exactly. much is the, the truth of, of management. But Kanya, I want to kind of just go to you to close the topic. Uh, do you have any like biggest biggest takeaways from player performances from this game, either Arsenal or uh, Liverpool, that you want to point out? Um, just uh, give a big shout to Gabe Martinelli and Gabriel Jesus. Um, Martinelli more so because, dog, whatever he lacks in terms of like what he look what he looks like, he's doing on the pitch. Like the refinement he might not have. Mm. Dog, that that is the most intense footballer at the club Evers, yeah yeah all of the time doesn't matter what the game is going like how everyone else is playing Martinelli plays the same haven't seen that in years man like in the prem holistically forget the club yeah Jim shout out to Edu Emery whoever it was who really got over the line they found something for us and then shout out Jesus because I think that's the most the most talented footballer the most talented striker we've had since my person so honestly just grateful Hey, those are real. Those are real depths. Gabriel Jesus, if you hear this, those are, those are real depths. Tab, uh, you're throwing it your way. I will dap Mr. Aaron Ramsdale because I think mm. when, a season, when a season goes on, as much as you can dominate and you can win all your games, they will, you know when they, that phrase, <laughs> I, will never, I will never ever forget when Arsenal signed Peter Cech and they were like, Peter Cech will get you 12 points a season. And he didn't, but that idea that your keeper will your keeper will have games where they are the the deciding factor, like they are the mm. reason you win, lose, or draw a game. And I think Aaron Ramsdale was a huge contributing factor to like staying in that game and inspiring Arsenal to not give in. You know, so mm. I will dap Aaron Ramsdale. And if I can just nyat a few people quickly, allow me. First of all, <laughs> Mo Salah. Mo Salah, I'm fighting for you for my life on this group. I'm, I'm typing like a madman, sending voice notes. And then you miss another penalty. Are you sick? <laughs> and then Konate, I've never seen someone try chest the ball in, in the 95th minute. Go with your head, you fool. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And then Jordan Henderson, you are an imposter. You are an implored. Hey. I, I want to know what you, I want to know what it feels like on, on Monday or Tuesday at the training ground when you're watching the footage and you see yourself running like a headless chicken when Oaks are fighting for their lives around you. Damn you. And nah, yeah. <laughs> that, the, the, the discrepancy in quality is unavoidable now. There was a time when I was like, nah, Hendo brings something to Liverpool. At this point, my brother, it's time to go. No, truly, truly, truly. Yeah, he's, like, he's that, that, that chance he missed in the first half will live like in the memory. That was, <laughs> that was, that was crazy. A reminiscent of our boy Keita, man. No, no, I, I think he outdid him. I won't lie. Nah, like, nah, 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 boy. nah, 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 n
No, 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 no. Let's not. Kate's alone. And his miss was worse. That's what I'm saying. His miss was worse. Like, there's one Kate's screenshot. There's one Kate's screenshot. You need to look how high his foot is. Then you understand why Kater sits at the top alone. It's the greatest. That super striker shot for real. Um, so I just want to shout out Thomas Partey, uh, Gabriel Maglachilashlas. Truly gargantuan performances from both of them. A lot of people were criticizing Partey because of his, uh, well, you know why. But in terms of the game, a lot of people were criticizing him uh, because they felt he wasn't as progressive with the ball. But again, that kind of speaks to the limitation brought on by holding. And I think he's, he, he, he played as a sweeper from, from midfield, kind of the Kante role at Leicester in his, in his first season at Chelsea. And he was absolutely incredible. Just cleaning up everything, neutralized a lot of players. Uh, the damage of Firmino was minimized too because of him. And Gabriel, uh, the adjustment we made after I think the first Mo Salah ran at Zinchenko when he got skinned. And Gabriel said, okay, my brother, I've got you. He he then shifted to, to to like a hybrid left back and he was winning those 1v1 duels. So those are performances that cement you into the Hall of Fame at Arsenal. And if though if specifically Gabriel, since he's come, in my opinion, he's been one of my favorite signings. So big shouts, big shouts to them, man. Uh Good performances elsewhere, as Kanye uh, has pointed out, and Tabani, but, you know, Ramsdale and, and so on, so on and so forth. But those are the two big ones. And massive shout out to Bobby Firmino. Sir, you are a legend. You truly, truly are a legend. Um, you are a thorn in our side, uh, but I, it was kind of bittersweet seeing you score. Um, yeah, and moving on, moving, moving swiftly along. We now turn our attention to Man City. You know, um, Tabani, actually, no, let me go to Kanye. Uh, do you think that these guys will be able to... Let me actually go to Tabani because this is your record they're chasing. Do you think City will be able to three-peat? Do you think on the back end of that result and the fact that now the Premier League is in their hands, i.e. if they win their games coming, they win the title, do you think they'll be the first team to three-peat since Fergie in 09? No. Because of the Champions League. I think that the, the mental weight of having to take on... Okay, no, let's see. Let's, okay, I think if they get through past Bayern, which they won't because Bayern are winning the Champions League, then no, they can't win the league. I think it's impossible. They don't, they're not that strong. They, are, they have been stronger City teams than this one now to compete on all three fronts. Um, if they get knocked out by Bayern, which will happen, then I think they will turn their attention to wanting to win, win the league. Um, so yeah, I think it's subject to Champions League and it's different from other years where, like I said, the only reason I don't think they can three-peat and do one in the Champions League is because they just don't have the players for it. I just don't think they've got that win in Europe, win on Saturday, win in Europe, Mm. win on Saturday team right now. And Arsenal obviously don't have, it's just the league. You're out of the FA Cup, out of the Carabao Cup. Well, yeah, no, you know, European (laughs) football. Um, So I think it's just, it's, it is that kind of complexity of, like having seven days to prepare for a game, playing against a team that's had two or three days, um, the different kickoff times. I think all of those things, those minuscule things that not, man, not many people care about, but I think that is how City will have to win this league. They'll have to either make big sacrifices or, ho- or just get like smacked by Bayern and then they can focus on the league. But I don't think that they can three-peat whilst putting up a serious front in the Champions League. 
Completely agree. Kanye, um, you look at this City team, um, you look at Pep Guardiola, his track record, having not won a Champions League since that incredible win in 2011 with Barcelona. And I ask you, do you think he's going to finally prioritize the Champions League or do you see him being able to handle both or do you see him focusing on the Prem? Look, I think I think a lot of luck is required either way. I don't think you, I don't think they're going to try and focus on the Prem ahead of time. I think they're going into game against Bayern with that being the only focus in that moment. I don't think there's like a thing of split attention. Like they want to win all that they can. But I also think that they, they are still going to drop points. Like fundamentally, they aren't, they aren't perfect. They're going to drop points to at least one of Everton and Brighton, I feel. Um, like there's still, there's still too much at stake for me to think that they'll definitely steamroll their way through. Like Tabani, I also think Bayern are going to win UCL regardless. I'd be I'd be shocked if they didn't. So Oh, I, not PSG. Oh crazy. I'm dude, dead. In, in, in the conversation we had we we did agree. The one time we did agree was that we thought that the winner of that round sixteen tie was who would win. So My fault, my fault, my fault. It is your fault. Don't do that, brother. Please. We 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 <laughs> we're, we're alive. We, 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 we're united. Let's, come on, dog. Let's embrace that. How you know all you dude on the same page? But yeah, um, I I don't think City go through, but I I I, I still think that I'm, I'm too biased, dude. I I, I want to say they won't repeat, but they can, they really can, provided Saliba like for us for, like in order for them to not for them to not do it, Arsenal needs Saliba back. That's what this hinges on for me. If there is, okay, if there are any other injuries to our thought is it's done. Mm. But 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 who do you what do you think Pep will prioritize? Um, the league. That's the, only, that's the only thing in his hands. I think Bayern will beat them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't okay. think you can prioritize the Champions League. You, you, Man City's progression is dependent on which Bayern side shows up. Because Man City are a good, they're a great team, right? And if they face a serious Bayern that can beat them, I don't think that's in their control. But if they face an unserious Bayern side, then it's really up to them how, how they take the tie. I mean, last year it was the same thing with Real Madrid. They, 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 they did. They literally did all they could have, until they got spanked at the Bernabeu. Well, not spanked. That comeback at the Bernabeu was completely out of their hands. It had nothing to do with how Man City played. It had nothing to do with anything. It's literally the strength of that opposition. And Real Madrid were, were destined to win that time. These, these things happen. So the buying side that shows up will kind of determine um, City's progression. And I know that's what I believe. And I think. Like Kanye said, that the league is the only thing in his control because he's the one who picks these funny 11s for these stupid games that cost him points early in the season. So now if he decides to be serious in the league and play his best 11 and start doing proper things, then yeah, he can control that. But I don't think UCL is in his control. I, I, I agree from the perspective of control. It's always a gamble to, to look at the, the Champions League, um, although it has become a bit more clear since they got rid of away goals, it, it is still a bit of a gamble. But I don't know. I, I kind of, I view that Madrid capitulation slightly differently. And I also look at this city buying tie slightly differently. And we can kind of segue onto, I guess, the, the, the UCL holistically. But uh, Oaks, I, I, I think when you're a team of city's magnitude, a team of city's stature, there's no excuse to not win these big games. When it, in those big games, and as Tabani kind of qualified there is an element of luck. There is an element of this is football, right? That 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 that's that's there in almost every tie, except for a handful of teams in history that have truly had the ability to completely neutralize and dominate opposition. But um, I I think Pep 
of course, he's a manager that's been as successful as he has been because for the most part, he has killed his competitive ego. I think that Mourinho rivalry kind of made him slightly more introverted. You know, he went from being a bit more direct and a bit more aggressive to being more introverted and uh, a bit, uh, more, more shade or, or, you know, passive aggression, moving like a hunt. But I'm looking at Oaks. Who, 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 took his, who took his UCL from him last season, um, two seasons ago? Thomas Tuchel. Who's manager of Bayern right now? Thomas Tuchel. I understand you've killed your competitive ego, but if it's me... I am making it a statement to murder Bayern Munich. And I'm not even looking at it from the perspective of it will impede on the Premier League because I agree with you guys. But I would just not be able to stomach that as a manager. Kind of similarly to what, you know, Israel Adesanya just did to Alex Pereira. I would ha- it's personal, man. Tuchel's robbed him of that. I'm pretty sure he robbed him of an FA Cup, if I'm not mistaken. I think Tuchel's the only manager who has a losing record against, right? Um, I don't think it's, it's losing like all in all because when Tuchel was at, was at Dortmund, Pep was just beating him there. But it's probably like he has one of the better records against him. You're right about that. Yeah, man. I don't know, guys. I just think, uh, yeah. Tab, do you have something you wanted to refute? Not refute. I just think that the difference between the league and the Champions League is, and we've seen it, and you guys know how much I love talking about this. It is intangibles. And there's a small subset of football clubs that have intangibles in their favor. It's the mega clubs. It's the big clubs. It's the cl- That's why we talk about heritage and history. And, mm. and Man City are not that club. So it's not mm-hmm. Man City, to progress through this time, have to play better football. They have to be the better footballing side. And like you say, Pep needs to go and set up a team to absolutely go spank Bayern. Or do, he has to win the football match. Mm-hmm. Whereas the great teams, Bayern have the intangibles in their favor. They are the club that that are year in, year out, are expected by their fans. And the perception in Germany is that Bayern win the league, which is what you always do, but you go out and win the Champions League. Man yeah. City do not have that expectation. That is a desire. That's an aspiration for them. That's why when, 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 if, Bayern, if City get knocked out, Pep doesn't get fired. If Nagelsmann was still here, if he lost to City, he was losing his job. People lose their mm-hmm. jobs for not winning the Champions League at Bayern at, at, yeah. at certain clubs. Just that expectation and the gravitas of your club City don't have that, which is why I say, I think that's the only time. Whenever City come up against someone, I always think that there's no expectation on City. When they lost to Madrid last season, I don't know, we all watched that game where it's like they were up until very late on in the game. But what Real Madrid, to them wasn't, what Real Madrid did to them wasn't an aberration. It wasn't like a, yeah. a disgrace. It was like, oh, shit. They just got out UCL by the greatest it, UCL team it, of all it, time. It, it, precisely. It wasn't like, it wasn't reported as a bottle job. If Spurs did that, it's a bottle job. Exactly, exactly. And I'm saying, yeah. if, 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 if Bayern win the tie 3-2, uh, 1-1, one, one, one leg, and then they win 2-1 or whatever. Like, if Bayern go through, it's like, geez, another year Man City knocked out. But they lost to you know, the super team in Bayern. But if, if Bayern go out to Man City, it's, it's a, it's, it'll be a cause for an investigation. They'll want to know yeah. why. Why were they not able to beat Bayern? Will was, was sacking Julian Nagelsmann at the right time. There'll, there'll be questions. And I think it's literally the intangibles of like the competition favors the great teams. And yeah. Man City are not that great team in the UCL yet because of their record. Then that's why they have to win it to get to that level. So it's kind of like a, a vicious cycle here. But that's what, I think that's the only time where I can say that 
it's more about the one team having to play better football. I don't think Bayern have to play better football. There's no expectation on Bayern to play better football in either leg. There isn't. If they play the ugliest, nasty 5-3-2 red card, park the bus football, no one will care because they have to do that. Pep can't do that. He yeah. can't do that, A, because that's not in his DNA. But if he switches up to try and play that way in the Champions League, what does that say about like their mentality while fighting on both fronts? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. then, I think yeah. those are the differences. Those are the differences that I was just trying to highlight. Dying by your ideology, it's a double-edged sword for real. Um, yeah. not Sorry, looking, I'll interject. Um, Marlisman should have been sacked last season when he lost to Villarreal. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. That, that I, 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 I think that was egregious, personally. It was terrible, it, it was terrible, right. but I think that the reason he stayed on and he, was, he wasn't put to the sword then was because of the change that they were having to deal with, and I think there was a belief that he would get it right this season. And I think the only reason he lost his job is because he lost that belief from, from the higher-ups. Because there was that sense that, okay, he'll get it right this year. He knows where he went wrong. Like, rather, make, rather make your worst mistake in your first year because then you can only get better. And I think that's what we saw. That belief, they held that belief in him. And that's why he got sacked now. He didn't get sacked because the football was terrible. It was just that he lost that belief that, is this guy really going to, like, we can't, we can't afford last year again. And that's why they got rid of him. But I don't think uh, they should have got rid of him then. I'm sorry to defend my boy. As a Bayern fan, what do you think they would have looked at as like the pivotal thing that said this guy can't take over, that can't take charge for the UCL semi-final? What do you think that they would have seen? I think it was the there was obviously a lot of discomfort with being on level terms with Dortmund in the league, and the inability to string together successive wins, especially in the league, is what Bayern have always done. They've always gone on runs where they, the league is not their priority. And now the threat of, they were in line for a treble. And then there was also the prospect. I think the prospect of not winning a single trophy when you're in line for a treble scared the board a lot. Even though not, now they're out of the cup. But I'm just saying the idea that you know, Dortmund were either level on points or just above them in the league. They had beaten PSG, but then the league form didn't suggest that they were going to do any better in the Champions League. Um, it just, I think it scared them. And then obviously we've, we've read all the articles about the stuff on the side. So I think it was just a total loss in faith. They're like, is this really our guy? Like, is this really the guy we're going we're gonna to back? And then mm. when, when you do a show of hands in the room and then not all the hands go up, it's like, okay, cool. Let's get our guy. Let's get Tucho. I really think it was that type of decision, which is quite rare. Normally you lose your way out of a job, but he wasn't losing his way out of the job. He was unbeaten he was in the Champions League. Like he was uh. literally, he, the only goals he conceded were Victoria Pilsen. He didn't concede against Bayern, Barca, who else? PSG? Or sorry, he didn't lose against yeah. those teams. Clean, like, clean, no sheets, clean sheets against Barca is mad. So, yeah, I think it was an, a, a rare case for, for Nagelsmann. Not definitely. I agree with that. And, you know, for our listeners, that is insight straight from a German tongue. Uh, that's how German <laughs> corresponded. Uh, <laughs> can you, if I can go to you for the UCL, because uh, you're a bit of an alt guy. You know, you watch football with your shades on. So we have City <laughs> by <laughs> We have City I, by I don't try yourself with that one. <laughs> the thing is, he probably does. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, can you watch this football with these shades on, bro? It's, oh, uh, man. FIFA, FIFA tracks in the background and all. Oh, but Kanye, uh, if I can just get your insight here on what you're looking most forward to, because I know you analyze a lot when you're, when you're watching football. It's not necessarily just a spectacle. So it's City, Bayern, Madrid, Chelsea, Milan, Napoli, Benfica, Inter. What are you glued to? 
What are you most excited to see? Walk us through that. So my heart is most invested in Milan-Napoli. The idea of Milan in their second season back in UCL coming into the season as league champions up against the incumbent champions. Mm. Like, especially after the 4-0 win, it just feels like the most emotive game. That's the one where it doesn't matter how they play, how either side is forming the league. It's just about those two, those two nights. That's it. That's all that... That's all this is based on. You don't even need to look at anything else. I'm, I'm really praying that somehow Milan can, can pull something out the bag there. I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to be really, really hipster and say, yo, Benfica, Inter, but I don't give a fuck about that game. I don't care. I don't care what happens. <laughs> um, I, I really don't. Like, Benfica, aren't, Benfica, Benfica, aren't Benfica still un, un, undefeated? No, they've lost one game. They've lost oh, one they game. lost. Okay, okay. Yeah. But still, though, like, they've, they've been great. They've been great, but I'm, I'm just not... I can't. I can't. You're not moved. That, that is the game to be watching. Um, also, just check. They lost to uh, Porto on Friday, so they've lost. They, they oh. come into the game with another L. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, and yeah. Uh, so, and um, so, is is it specifically that 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 narrative of fallen champions getting being given a chance to redeem themselves by the people that took the thro- against the people that took the throne? Is that's what's that's what's really gripping you there? Yeah, and of course that I think Milan are pretty much the weakest side left. Um, yeah, and yeah, to 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 have to have to have that ah, going into the game. Chelsea, 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 Chelsea. Yes, but Chelsea have a weird thing. They have a weird thing which doesn't matter. They, they have super like, frank. Say it. No, they've got no, they've got the intangibles. They're two-time yeah. Champions League winners, and both times. It's because they had that dog in them. It had nothing yeah. to do with them being good team. So that's yeah, why yeah. I think that's why there's and, a hesitation. And, and, with, and with Kante being back fit, you see, I, I, like I genuinely wouldn't be mystified if Chelsea went through. Madrid, Madrid have been very underwhelming throughout the season. There's, there's no like pro, like prolonged stretch where I, where I felt they were convincing. Chelsea have been fit all season, and all they have to play for are these games against Madrid, who they played last season. I I, I could see I could see that that game. Being very tired and Chelsea going through like penalties or something like that. Ah, so, personally, personally, I'm gonna say what they won't say. Super Frank Lampard, let's fucking go. Tab, if I can turn it, turn turn it to you. Of the fixtures, um, what are you? Which is the game that grabs your eye? What are you gonna be looking out for? So, I have only doubled down on one take the entire season. It has been my prediction since July that Bayern would be Champions League champions. So I have to. I will probably be, um, in terms of like Kanye said, the most emotive one for me is the Bayern City tie because we have to beat, to be the best, you have to beat the best. So we have to beat City to go through. Um, and I believe we can, even if it's not in the style that we want to, even if we have to dig deep. But I think there's that desire to win the Champions League from Bayern right now and bringing in Thomas Tuchel. He was brought in to win the Champions League. Uh, I don't buy the whole he beat Pep before. Um, because Pep beat himself in that final. That's what people don't remember. That line I, I played like that. He literally played into Tuchel's hands, and I saw people say it doesn't Dude. matter. He started Rodri. You up. saw that. You don't know. What you saw. You, like, you, you saw. You saw that tactical. What's his fucking name yeah, on Twitter? Yeah, I saw that clown on Twitter. Oh man, my relax. god, Shane, dude, man. he has some. He has some great insight. But I was rolling my eyes because how can you tell me, bro? It was Rodri and Fernandinho that he benched. Yeah, I know. Nah, so the, yeah, I, I don't buy that whole Tuchel has beat Pep before, so he'll do it again. No, but I do think that um, I'm desperate for us to beat Man City. Um, 
Madrid, Chelsea, like we've all said, I can see that tie getting weird, but uh, you know, Champions League, Vinny, Ben's experience, Luka, like watch Luka Modric have a, one of, like one of the best games of his career in one of those ties. I don't even know which is first or second leg. Like it's what he does. UCL knockout. Yeah. It's just like That's you know, um, Conor Gallagher is going to get an education if he plays in either of those games. But anyways, and there's, that's no, way that's, he, there's no way he spends more than 15 minutes on the bench. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I'm just saying, and that's not, I'm not, I, I don't want to come across as a Gallagher hater, but he, they will be midfield. Nah, players, nah, so. nah, say it, bro, because you, you know, you know who's hoping Conor Gallagher plays? Ben Foster, because we're going to get the clip off season. So, Connor, what was it like? And he's going to say, wow, mates, you know, I couldn't even touch Modric. You, what Foster's exactly. waiting for that, bro? Exactly. Levels um, to this game. Benfica, Inter, it's two teams that I've kind of deliberately, like, not followed their progress. I keep pe- Benfica are a really good side and I knew about the unbeaten record. I'm only interested in uh, Gonzalo Ramos, obviously, from, from a Man United fan perspective, but it just depends which which team I, I expect Benfica to be the better footballing side in terms of we're going to go play to win the tie, whereas Inter will kind of. I don't I don't see how Inter out football Benfica, given the fact that I've watched very little of the two teams. But yeah, I'll watch that. I'll have an eye on that tie, and then Milan Napoli because of the win. I think the the league win and the 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 performance that I watched, and I know Kanye was watching that game as well. I think it was one of those. It have to, it, it, there has to be a mental toll on Napoli taken from that game. I think you don't want to, you never want to go into a tie against a team that just beat you, but to beat you that convincingly on that day. And yes, there were a few injuries, a few players missing, but to beat you in that manner, from a Napoli especially, perspective, especially when you're at home, exactly. And from a Napoli perspective, I think now they prepare for the game not as oh well, we're, we're cruising in Serie A and we should do what we've been doing, but. They're now preparing to make sure that doesn't happen again. And when, you're prepa- when your preparations are about the opposition and not about yourself, funny things can happen. So I think if the right Milan shows up in a tie and a half and Napoli, I mean, they, they've, they haven't been under this mental strain like in terms of just pressure. There has been no pressure on them. They've been flying, literally flying. And now this is the first time when everyone will have their eyes on them to say, are you guys the real deal? And mm. with the 4-0 lingering, I think... Um, yeah, I think that could be an interesting one as well. I think what just worries me about the the Napoli tie is the narratives that are going to be forced if they win this Champions League and their Serie A. Don't get me wrong, I'm not rooting against them, but when it as it pertains to Kaba Kaba Chapacha, I truly Kaba, believe. Kaba Kelia, dog. I try for you. Say try it again. Say it again. Say it again. Kaba Kelia. You know what? Just call it Kivita. Easy. Kivita. Yeah, KK, KK. As, it pertain- as it pertains to Kivicha, Kovac, Kelia, I see a Paolo Nedved situation arising again. And I, Nedved was I an absolute protest. Bro, they I, were already... I will myself. Listen, it starts... <laughs> it started with them saying he's better than Saka. Right? They said he's the best winger in world football other than Vinny Jr. That's what, I, there was a lot of buzz. They said, damn Rashford, damn Saka, you know, like all the men that have been putting in work over the years, they said, nah. And I'm, and it's funny because, of course, he's an absolute baller, technically clean. He's like a hybrid, Grealish, Hazard, like he's so phenomenal on the ball. But it's insane how, you know, Osimhen isn't getting shouts of being the best striker in the world. But 
Kvicha is now being considered, you know, the a top three left, left, a uh, left, top three winger. I, I don't know. This is the Luka Doncic uh, effect I'm seeing, and that's my only concern when I when I look at you know, you Napoli prospectively winning this Champions League. I, in terms of what, were to honestly, I haven't looked forward to the pre, to the Champions League since 2017. Um, I very seldom get excited for this. I don't resonate with it at all anymore at all, but. It's definitely going to be that Madrid-Chelsea game because it's the classic Rocky scenario of the, you know, the esteemed champion that's, you know, you, you know, when they say you, it's hard to wake up uh, at 5 a.m. when you're sleeping in silk sheets. I feel Real Madrid every four, four, four years or so go through a period of that when their championship pedigree catches up with them and I'm not saying they intentionally switch off but things stop clicking players stop working as hard or as collectively well together and there's a reset that follows and I think next season for Madrid will be a reset as was the case you know when Ronaldo left as was the case uh, with 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 the purchasing of Di Maria and, and Ozil as was the case you can just keep going back at, into the history of Madrid and you'll see every four or five years there is a reset. But that fixture for me is so incredible because you have the, the champion who, in my opinion, has lost its touch. Um, and you have a, a, a group of people that have absolutely nothing to lose. And when I say nothing to lose, I mean nothing. They're going to go in there with their cocks out and say, hey, Madrid, take us to the top. And Kanye, your, your, your tweet, first of all, where you said Chelsea fans don't tweet anymore. Hilarious. Very true. Uh, but they'll be tweeting on this night. It, it, it just gives the energy of let's go all in. And for the Chelsea squad as well, I think coupled by the fact that it's super frank in charge and not to say he has those intangibles as a manager that Tabani was describing, but he himself has nothing to lose. He's gone in July. You know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, I hate when history starts to look similar to how to, to the past and it's screaming 2012 Chelsea. So I don't know. Madrid could end up winning 8-0. But I just think that first leg in Spain and the fact that the return is in as at Stanford Bridge, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is just a great recipe for chaos. And as a, as a UCL observer for the for the last time being a UCL observer. I look forward to that. I truly, truly look forward to that. Um, that, that, by the way, was a subliminal way of saying Arsenal have officially qualified for the Champions League. No, we're but, back um, up, baby. Do you, no, do we're back. Do you know what I, I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to you two finally uh, giving me my daps about uh, praising the getting, them getting rid of away goals. And I feel like this will be, this knockout phase will be like the icing on the cake. And then I'll get my daps. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yo, okay, I, so like, uh, yeah, Kanye. Um, but um, yo, <laughs> yo, 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 stop, dog. I'll give it to you right now. You're right. I disagree with you still, but you need this step. I can hear in your voice. I won't lie, Kanye, bro. I'm, I'm even confused in the logic. Why, why are we dapping him? What, what made us tab? Explain to us why do we should we dap you? You'll see. Let's let's say let's remember this episode and then like. At the end of the UCL, when we do our little reviews and we're all cute with each other, I'm going to remind you guys of this, okay? That's nah. all I was going to say for now. That's oh, all I'm going to say for now. Come, come, come. Um, I still miss away goals, can you? I, I desperately miss them. Every day. 
But Every day of the year, dream about them often. You know, you know when you're recording with old heads, these are the takes that you get. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry, hey, 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 hey. The, young, the young, hip, progressive among us are still here. Don't please, worry. Please, hey, to, don't, 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 to... don't group me in with that senior citizen. Please, 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 please. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. The takes speak for themselves. It's only, it's only old man will set me there, not me, bro. Please, please, please. He influences my outlook, but I'm not this. I'm not. He's a, he's a boomer. I'm a, I'm a Gen X. There's a difference. <laughs> what is that? But, uh, but can poison. We do, can we do, um, can we do special mentions, please? Uh, I have, uh, I have one. Yeah, let's, 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 let's close. Let's close with, let's close with special mentions. LLM. Alexander Lacazette is third in Lyon's top goal scorers <laughs> of 18. Um, I just want to be said that, hey, he still got it. He still got it. Let's not pretend. Don't, don't look away. Don't let like yeah. Week in, week out for Olympic Lyon back in his home city. My, my dog is still doing it. So, bro, it was, it was fucking one injuries. Goal. I promise you, bro. It was injuries. One goal behind Mbappe. If you think about it, he's the best player in the world. He's outscoring Lacazette by one with PSG. So please. Please, nah, like, I'm hearing you. Guy. I'm here. It was, it was fucking. I hate the way the narrative has shifted on that man, dude. He was our fucking player of the season when Obama Young was there, Ozil was there, all the mandem were balling, and they said it was you. Laka. It was Laka. So I, I, I'm. That's a great shout out. I think that should even be the fucking clip. <laughs> so my, my, my shout out is, um. It's almost, I don't want to say it's walking back hate because best believe I will be there if there is any switch up in energy. But Jack Grealish, sir, phenomenal. Um, the, yep. the, the answer, it's it, to Bunny, we spoke about this on the, on the group chat, but KDB, Grealish and Haaland is turning out to be an incredible trio. I never would have expected it. Um, I would have thought this would be the time the keys are given to, to, to Mares, but clearly... Oaks have beef with, with Ramadan and all that. So, anyways, Grealish, shout out to you. Um, you are playing phenomenal. Great, 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 great showing this weekend again. Tab, take it away. Special mention. Uh, I would like to issue two apologies. One, uh, to the Crystal Palace board. I clearly was not familiar with your game. Uh, <laughs> that result in the weekend it was clearly manufactured by your decision to appoint Roy Hodgson. I'm sorry for questioning your decision. When you do stay up in the Premier League and get to build in the summer because you're appointing a new manager, I hope that you continue this vein of making good decisions because even Vieira was a good decision. And if it turns out that you finish maybe 13th, 12th, and Roy steadies the ship, then I, I owe you an apology. And the, the apology will be even louder than the disrespect was. And then I would like to also... Actually, no, I'm not going to apologize to him. I'll dap him instead. Bruno Fernandes. Bruno, I think the way he's... I don't want to say risen to the occasion, but his ability to just crack on and like he plays like shit and he's annoying and he's frustrating and he's not technically as good as the players he's compared to and he goes through bad patches of form, but he's ever present. He plays 90 minutes. He plays in whatever position the manager puts him in. We've needed to turn, we needed him to turn up in these two games after Newcastle and he just did it and he just showed up and he was good and it was like, oh my God. Today's problem, I have 99 problems, but Bruno is not one of them. And thank you, because uh, just now we can get Casemiro back and finally look like the team. And Ericsson's back. Oh, and Juan Bissaka's playing well. And Vegas is on the bench. Things are looking up, but it's because of you, Bruno, that I'm looking forward to the so next couple of games. He's hopefully winners then. Or, hey? or, 
are United Europa League winners or was it too soon? Uh, I will fuck it. Let me say it. Yeah, I'm putting it. I'm doubling down. I expect us to win the Europa League. If we don't, My... it will be. If we don't win the Europa League, I will investigate, and there will have to be a, a good reason why. Okay. My my take on Bruno is I don't know if you caught the Roy Keane sound bit. You big baby. That's how I feel about Bruno. He's a baby, and um, he is your granite chaka, Tabani. I want you to understand that what granite chaka is to us, Bruno Fernandez is to you. And I completely understand why you're dapping him because I think a, a very underrated uh, trait in a footballer is availability. And Bruno just be there. He, Literally just has, be there. Has Bruno been has he been injured once? He's had a few injuries. He's but like I think he's um he's never been out for an extended period of time. But even the minutes, the minutes is what gets me. Yeah. Because players yeah. players come off 70, 75, 80 minutes. The guy plays 90s, 90 after 90 after 90. Workhorse, bro. Now he's truly, he's truly now. I think him and him and Shaka are two, you know, cut from the same cloth. They're babies, but ever, they show but, up. But the, ever present, dog. Ever, ever present. present. Ever present. And Loki, until our clubs upgrade on those two players, will always be capped, Oaks. I won't even mm. lie. As great well, as they, they are, they, more they, so they Bruno. Anchors. Even on their worst days, it's, it's nice to know that you have this guy there. Exactly. And, You're like, like, you know what, if it, I'm going to go it, on it, this it, ride... Like our, yeah, like our season collapses, if, like both Arsenal and United, if Xhaka or Bruno are, are, are out for 30 periods of time. There's no direct replacement for either of them. Mm. No, nah, truly, truly, truly necessary footballers to have when you're trying to trend in the right direction. So, shout out to Bruno, the big baby. Tab says he's got 99 problems, but Bruno ain't one. Um, that's been us today. That's, that's another episode of Debates Never Die. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for giving us your time. And, and I hope you had a great, great, great time with us in this episode. Peace out. Peace.